Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us as always at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, our only two social media pages, and of course on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll find my books, you'll find all of our show promos. You'll also find our free show archive to go back and listen to all of the episodes that you may have missed, or if you'd like to listen to the begin, you can listen there for free. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much for subscribing to support the show. You can renew that subscription anytime, but from here on out, you have to go over to aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media, and you can subscribe either to The Secret Teachings or you get that premium subscription with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero and some other goodies. And you'll support not only The Secret Teachings, but also Aftermath and Clyde and everybody over on Aftermath. I'm sure they would really appreciate that as well. Tonight on the show, a special edition of The Secret Teachings. We haven't done a remote broadcast probably for about two years. We were in Rachel, Nevada, out near Area 51. About two years ago, I did that cross-country trip, and we did a few remote broadcasts. Actually, we did one from Lakeland, Florida. We did one from, I think we did one in... uh, We did one in Phoenix, and then we did one out in Rachel, and we did something up north somewhere. Uh, Really, really fun to do remote broadcasts. And tonight, not only are we broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, but a really cool place in the Sonoran Desert here in Tucson, Arizona. We're broadcasting from Nexus Occult Books, not a cult. It's occult. Nexus Occult Books here in Tucson, Arizona. Andrew Cox is the owner of that store, and he is with us Tonight on the show, right in the back room in the bowels of Nexus Occult Books. Not a joke. We're actually in the bookstore right now. And I have to tell you, Andrew, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to be here and do this. You're very, very welcome. But I have to tell you, this is probably, I've traveled all over the country. I've been to Abraxas in Florida. Awesome. This is the best occult bookstore I've ever been to. This is every book that I want in one store. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're very, very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the store. Take your time and uh, let us know uh, what people are going to find if they come in here. Obviously, we have listeners all over the world, but if you're ever passing through Tucson, you can come check it out. If not, I think you're just going to enjoy tonight's conversation regardless. Absolutely. So Nexus has been a, a dream of mine for such a long time. I've been obsessed with books since uh, as long as I can remember. Um, it's it's always been difficult to find these occult books. And it has taken me 20 years of just really hoarding, um, going to every used store, thrift store, estate sale, yard sale. I mean, you do that for 20 years and it's called researching, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, um, so when we opened in August 3rd of 2022, uh, right before we opened, I had just shy of 23,000 books, um, that I had collected and in the store right now, we have about 10,000 copies or 10,000, excuse me, 10,000 books in the inventory, including tarot decks and uh, candles and all other stuff. But we, we really are a bookstore. We're not really a metaphysics supply store. Uh, this this store is a dream come true for me, man. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, I love the occult. Uh, I love talking to my customers and I am having so much fun doing this. It has just been a, a blessing to be able to do this. How long have you done it? 
How long has the store been open? We've been open for about eight months, and so far, so good. My wife says we can keep it as long as it's profitable. <laughs> well, the, the occult is very profitable. <laughs> However you, you you slice it, you break it down, someone's making money in the occult. It might be a scam, or right. it might be the real thing. No, exactly. <laughs> and that was one of my worries uh, when I was opening. It was like, are there enough weirdos out here like me that are going to be able to appreciate this enough to keep us open? And the answer is yes, uh, a big yes. We, we, we are doing well. That's because um, I came in. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. True. <laughs> no, I'm like right away, man. I, we started having what we call our, our regulars, just people that come in every week, every other week. Um, and that is probably my favorite thing about owning the bookstore is getting to talk to our customers. I mean, if, if I didn't have bills to pay, I would have much rather turn this into like a library, research center, something like that. Um, but it is what it is. So we're making it work. But uh, the community has just been great, man. It, it's been awesome. You get a lot of people that come in here, I'm sure, with uh, knowledge of what they're looking for. You get a lot of people that probably come in with not so much knowledge. Well, what's the I'm just curious, what is the main clientele? Do a lot of people come in more so with knowing what they want or are they just coming in to explore? That's a great question. And and there really is this great crop of both. We have people who know exactly what they want. They come in. I need the lesser key of Solomon. I need to go Asia or I'm looking for this kind of obscure book or like the the classical time of the grimoires, you know, the 1400s to 1800s. Uh, and then we have people who, you know, they, they're, they're just kind of flirting with it. They, you know, they're interested in it. They're a little uh, misinformation of being scared a bit of what it is. Um, we, we do do a lot of ceremonial magic and witchcraft astrology. That That's a good chunk of what we do. But the occult is also for us, you know, we have secret societies, conspiracies, paranormal, extraterrestrial, alternative history, which is one of my favorites, mythology, folklore, and then like literally dozens of other little subjects from demonology to, you know, crystals and Reiki and Zen and all kinds of stuff. Even have like a uh, fiction section. That's too, correct. Right? We yeah. even, and the, the funny thing about the fiction section is like I was worried that it wouldn't do that well because personally I don't read a lot of fiction. I just I, I've always just been obsessed with the non fiction stuff in the occult. And so I, in my collection, I had about a thousand books uh, for fiction and I, we opened that section and it did so well. It, I would say it's easily 5% of our sales, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually really is for one section. That's so small. Uh, it's doing great. So Nexus Occult Books, what is the address if people want to come by and check it out in Tucson? Yeah, it's 4865 East Speedway Boulevard. And if people come in here, they will not be hexed. They will not fall into an abyss. <laughs> correct. That is correct. That Absolutely. And don't forget, folks, we are closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So do not cl- come on those days. We will not be. You need a sign for the door. Closed Mondays and Tuesdays for and then whatever occult thing, you know, right. conjuring, <laughs> <Exactly>. invocation. <laughs> don't get me started because that, that sounds like a good plan, actually. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to I'm going to need to get some uh, you know compensation for that. Absolutely. But we'll talk about commission. that later. Yes. Commission or something. So Nexus Occult Books, even if you're not into some. If you're coming through Tucson, whatever the case might be, come by and check it out. Uh, Andrew's not paying me to say that. I've actually pa- I paid him a lot of money for a lot of very, books. Very true. <laughs> we appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Done a, done a little bit of, you know, exchanging personal uh, personal books and stuff like that. They, I think that you guys still have my books. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So they got copies of Occult Arcana as well. But the reason that we want to do this show is not only to promote your store. And again, you're not paying me to say this. Right. My audience knows I'm very honest. I'm straightforward. But even if you're listening, we have listeners in Australia, listeners in Japan and Russia, Israel, the UK, Mexico, anywhere in the world. We have people that listen to this show. The big question that I have is, 
and we'll promote the bookstore as we go throughout the show. But what exactly is the occult? It's not a cult. Right. For some people, it is. <laughs> for some people, it totally is. What is the occult? And that's one of my favorite questions, because the, the word occult can mean so many different things to different people. I, right away, I'll tell you what it's not, first of all. First of all, occult does not mean... N- a devil worship, uh, negativity, uh, curses, evil, all this stuff. Um, because that was one of the big problems o- opening the store is we couldn't really, it was hard to find places that would even lease to an occult bookstore. In fact, once we signed the lease here and we went to put up our signage, it just said the business name, Nexus Occult Books and Oddities. Uh, the landlord said, oh, you can't have the word occult in it. And that's after like we signed the lease. And I'm like, that's my legal business name. I absolutely can. Um, so the, the word occult just means hidden from view. If you want to break it down and maybe super simple about it, just occult is hidden from you. That's it. That's all it means. And it's a wide subject. I mean, that's why we have so many different subjects. Yes, there's a ceremonial magic and witchcraft. But like I said, we have all this other stuff. It's just hidden knowledge, stuff that's not out there in the mainstream. Okay. It doesn't have to be scary. I promise you we're totally normal people. Totally normal. Totally normal. I try to be. Zach's not really. The store manager, Zach's (laughs) not that normal, but he's great. So, okay. Well, then let me ask you this. So if we're talking about things that are hidden, very simple. Right. If we take a look at the the very well-known history of the Bible. Right. One of the best-selling books of all time. Absolutely. Of course. The Bible, obviously, you don't have to be a Christian. And if you are a Mm -hmm. Christian, you don't have to hate your religion to know this or to understand this. The Bible has been chopped to pieces. And there have been books that have been removed. Those books that have been removed, whether they've been redacted or they've just been held by the church, those books would be, by definition, a cult. A hundred percent. So that's not an evil thing. Those are biblical texts that are just hidden from public view. Absolutely. And some of the books that were removed from the Bible are some of the most interesting ones. Um, and that that's a frustrating thing for me. Um, Nexus is neutral ground. Okay. And I, I love getting that right off the bat is because look, I don't care. I don't care how you identify what your sexual orientation is, how you vote, how you believe you can worship doorknobs and identify as a unicorn. I have no books. And there on are doorknobs. people that do that. Yeah, right. So. I got plenty of books on unicorns. So it's like it, for, for us here, we're here. The store exists as a community resource. We're here to help people along whatever path they want. It's not up to me to judge or to criticize. I don't care. You could be a God-fearing Christian. You could be a Luciferian. You could be an atheist. It's not agnostic. I don't care. We have something for everybody, though. And I just love helping people and talking to people. Well, if you had someone come in here, and again, I think this applies to everybody, no matter where you're listening in the world. If you had somebody come in here and said, I'm, I'm trying to summon this demon. Right. How, how would you react to that? <laughs> I'm trying to summon Stolos or Ball. Or- right. And uh, that does happen. It really does. It, it really does. Yes, okay. absolutely. Um, and so my, my my first thing I will ask somebody is typically, uh, okay, do you have any experience with ceremonial magic or demonology or Luciferian? Because if, you're, if your idea is just to go out there and start summoning <laughs> demons, my, my first reaction is please don't. Um, it's very dangerous. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not judging you saying like, don't do it. It's evil, bad. I'm saying you kind of don't want to just rush into something so crazy without truly being able to understand what you are trying to do. Um, Dealing with negative entities like this is very dangerous. It's not something to play with. This is not 
hocus pocus. Um, and so that can be a little frustrating. So for me, I, I would really try to understand this person's level of their ability and, and truly understand what they're, what's the purpose of doing this. Now, yeah, if you want to summon some demons, we have books on that. Um, but just because you can afford a book doesn't necessarily mean you should get it. I mean, it's like playing with a loaded gun. You know, some of these books, yes, they're, they are dangerous. I mean, you, you can get yourself into trouble or worse, you can hurt other people. So it, it's my job for me as the owner to really try to educate someone and say like, okay, if this is what you're trying to do, here's what you're getting yourself into and, and be prepared for it. When I go to other bookstores, and this is, you don't have to answer this because you own this store, but if you want to, uh, I'd appreciate <laughs> it. When I go to other bookstores, Andrew, I see... Um, and, and this is my opinion, but I also, I also feel very strongly about this as a, as an impractical thing. When people at the stores put books out where they're, where they encourage people to buy those kinds of books, right. like, uh, very specific grimoires or very specific books on conjuring mm -hmm. and not always good stuff. And that always has made me feel a little uncomfortable because I see like, for example, I'll see Manly Hall's book sitting on the shelf, but then there's here's how to summon demons to fight the patriarchy or right. And that, that always concerns me, not because it's a patriarchy thing or right. a political thing, but just because it seems really irresponsible, both politically and in terms of the occult, you sh probably shouldn't be, in my opinion, you shouldn't be using powerful forces for something, especially so mundane as I don't like this politician. So I'm going to summon a demon to, to bind them, or I'm going to send a, a thought out to harm them. That sounds really dangerous. I, I agree with you completely. Um, and it is, it is, it is irresponsible. Um, you are, when you get involved with ceremony, magic and witchcraft, you are dealing with real forces. This is, this is not, playing at witchcraft this is not playing at magic the occult for me is almost an earned right it's a it's a you have to go through steps you have to go through a process it's not just pick a grimoire up off the shelf and let's start doing our invo invocations today that's not how that works that's never successful if it was so easy to just pick up a, a any grimoire book off the shelf and start working magic and witchcraft and have it work all the time then the world would be like hogwarts exploded it's it, it wouldn't be a cold it's not a thing and it's you should not use this to harm other people. That's something I, I have no problem saying. I don't agree with people hexing people or trying to to harm people just because you don't like them or just whatever your problem is. Don't do that. That don't. That's not what we do. One of my favorite lines in the X Files. I assume you've watched the X Files, <laughs> yes. yeah, of course. Uh, people actually accuse me of just watching the X Files and then making shows based on it, but I I don't actually. I I do a lot of reading. Right. But one of my favorite lines in the X Files is one of the witchcraft episodes and. Uh, Scully says something to Mulder about uh, human sacrifice or Satanist killing mm -hmm. people. And Mulder says, well, actually, the sat like the satanic organizations, they actually disavow killing people and trying right. to harm people. And any Satanist I've ever known, to, I'm certainly not a Satanist, but any Satanist I've ever known today, Andrew, believes the same thing. In fact, I in my experience, I get more hatred and vitriol from Christians right. than I get from Satanists. Like <laughs> Satanists tend to be, they might be off balance in my right. view, or they might have some kind of right. some kind of problem. I don't know. But I, I get more hatred from Christians than I do from not me personally. Right. But like Christians really just if you don't believe in Yahweh, you're mm -hmm. going to hell. Correct. But Satanists are like, I'm open to hear whatever you have to say. And that's a weird dichotomy. It, it really is. And that's something that I, too, have experienced. In fact, the overwhelming majority of the people that come in here that do practice left hand path, whether it's straight Luciferian or, or Satanism or something in between 
are really the nicest people you I, I've ever met. Um, we, we do get some pushback from people that are um, Christian and just think that we're out there to do some type of harm or we're evil in that sense. And that's, it's just stupidity. I mean, we don't, again, I don't care how you worship. We don't take sides. I mean, stop it. Not it's all, it's just nonsense. <laughs> you know, well, let me tell you this. I didn't tell you this off air. I'll tell you this for the first time. My fiance hope came in here with me right. a couple of weeks ago. And when we left, she, she liked you guys and so she loved the bookstore, even though she's not really into this stuff sure. that much. Uh, and she said, she's like, honestly, it had such a good energy in there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I told her, I said, yeah, I felt the same thing. It's, I mean, half the reason I come in here is the books. The other half is to talk to you guys because the energy is so right. good, but I've been in bookstores, especially in sections like this where the energy is not so good. And I mean, you can say it's just your imagination, Ryan, you know, Andrew, so that's how you feel. But I've been to pals in, in Portland right. and you go to the section in my opinion, and I feel something dark and heavy. I don't feel that in this bookstore though. And I think that's a great thing because we're, we're not even though we do have some pretty dark, heavy books. That's not our goal is just to be It's not on the window saying buy this. Right. Exactly. It's not like, look how edgelord we can be or look how scary and gothic and hot topic I can be. Um, no, this, again, that's not that's not our thing. That's why Nexus that doesn't I didn't name it something like, you know, evil books incorporated, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, even though for me, those are really fun books to read. I, I enjoy reading books. Uh, the, the scarier, harder grimoires. I think they're great. Um, but that's, that's not our thing, man. I think it's also important to point out because I've written a number of books and my big occult arcana book mm-hmm. that you sell. I've actually had a big, I have a big update on it too. If you want to check it out at the secret teachings.info, I just updated it, did redid the cover and, and added some sections to the book, some chapters. But in that book, when I was researching, I read a ton of grimoires and most of the grimoires aren't actually, in in my view, from what I read, aren't really evil or dark. They're like how to make holy water and how to say a prayer to void negative forces or to like create a a safe space or to create. Right. That's what I've experienced. from I'm sure there's some really nasty ones. Sure. Most of the grimoires I've read, actually, Andrew, are kind of like almost reading a, a hymn and a Bible at a church. Right, exactly. Um, and that's a huge misconception uh, about the occult and ceremonial magic, and especially the grimoires, that like if, if you look at any movie, they have the grimoires, this massive tome, and it's this big book with all these incantations. Most grimoires, the classical period, are actually quite small. Uh, one of that was because it had to be hidden. Um, two, they were very expensive uh, to reproduce. Most of them were handwritten. Um, so... As, out of all the occult grimoires that I've read, like the, the serious, like the classical ones, the, the, overwhelmingly, yes, the, most of them are just like how to protect your crops or, or you know, like <laughs> prayers of protection. It, there, there's not like, and here comes Lucifer. And like, it's, it's very, it, there's some of that, but it's, it's mostly rare. I'd say the closest thing to what people would call satanic or dark would be, I, I don't remember which grimoire you might know, the black chicken or the black hen the black pullet the black pulp yep that's the one yeah that's probably the darkest one that that i've read yeah that one's got some some dark stuff in it uh le dragon rouge the red dragon also has some uh some heavier stuff in it um but yeah i again and and that's the the misconception of of when it comes to sacrifice i I think it's the red dragon that uh they call for the sacrifice of a, of a black cat or something like that. Um, but uh, I, I would never condone harming a person or an animal. I think that's just awful. But then again, when you're talking about 
a black cat or if you're talking about like a goat, right? right? Or a kid, mm-hmm. a kid, right? A kid is a name for a baby goat. Correct. So if you're reading a book and it says to sacrifice a kid, <laughs> it's not a child, no, it's a baby goat. Baby goat. Not that you're condoning animal sacrifice, sure. but that's an important distinction to make. Absolutely. It's kind of written in a code. Right, definitely. And and it's funny because when, when we get... Um, it's so much pushback from some Christians and things. Have you like, have you not read the Bible? I mean, (laughs) sacrifice is kind of a thing, you know, God condones it. Right. Exactly. And I, I don't. And I think one of the biggest uh, misconceptions about the art of sacrifice is that uh, people think, Oh, we go kill humans or, or or children or something like that. And that's the sacrifice. That's actually not the meaning of sacrifice. Uh, If you're just killing some, poor helpless animal or some human you haven't sacrificed anything a sacrifice is losing something personal to you not uh some poor helpless animal or some idiot there's somebody you just picked up off the road that's not a sacrifice at all there's a good example of that at a terrible movie but it's a pretty big thing in pop culture the the slender man thing uh if you watch the slender man movie again in my opinion awful but there's a really good um the really good scene where they go out these kids go out in the woods and Slenderman wants them to sacrifice something personal. Right. And the only way that they can, I think it's they're trying to get their friend back who's mm-hmm. been taken into the other world, kind of like Stranger Things, is they have to sacrifice a personal item that has really, really personal uh, emotional right. meaning. That's more of a sacrifice. Exactly. That's what a sacrifice is. Absolutely. Not not just killing whatever. That that's that's nothing. That's stupid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's not how it works. So there's a, there's a good example of this also in South and also in Central America. Uh, the creator slash civilizing gods, uh, Quetzalcoatl mm-hmm. in Central America and Veracocha in South America. These gods brought with them civilization, quote unquote, kind of like Osiris, kind of like Krishna, kind of like all these other. Uh, characters around the world, probably coming from a, like Graham Hancock suggests, this right. is coming from a central source, maybe at the time of Atlantis, and then people spread out and brought civilization yeah. to the rest of the world again. So when you have these characters, though, like Quetzalcoatl and Veracocha in particular in South America, brought with them not only civilization, but part of that civilization they brought, you know, with the reading and the writing and the agriculture, they also brought the idea that don't, you shouldn't sacrifice humans, you shouldn't sacrifice animals. If you're going to sacrifice anything, put flowers and put fruits right. on an, on an altar. And that is something that uh, Manly Hall wrote about that in The Secret Destiny yes. of America. Uh, you read that in a lot of other occult books that sacrifice, you know, in terms of what you're describing, Andrew, sacrifice is not something that you just kill something indiscriminately. Right. You give away something personal or you offer something like in Shintoism, they offer rice or seaweed right. or water. It's something very positive. It's Absolutely. not dark or evil. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a huge misconception. But I mean, that, <laughs> that's why we got. This but that's story. that's what the kind of what the occult is. A hundred percent. Misconceived. Yeah. Uh, we have to take a break in a second. Before we do that, though, let us know the website and the address for people that are in the area or coming to the area. And even if you're not a. I don't know if you sell the books online, but even if you're not coming to Tucson, uh, I hope you'll enjoy the rest of tonight's show. But Andrew Cox, the owner here with us this evening, go ahead and give us that info, please. Absolutely. So the website is just nexusoccult.com. We don't have a uh, website up yet where you can buy books, but we are working on that. That is the bane of my existence. He's conjuring it. It is so close to going live, and I've been saying that for literally months. Um, the store address is 4865 East Speedway Boulevard. We are closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, open Wednesday through Saturday, 11 to 8, Sunday, 11 to 4. Excellent. 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 Andrew Cox is our guest this evening, owner of Nexus Occult, not a cult, occult bookstore here in Tucson, Arizona. 
So far, the occult, it's not what you think it is, and grimoires are sort of written in code, and when you talk about sacrifice or killing a kid, you're talking about killing a goat, and these kinds of things are really important to, I think, distinguish, um, try, try to understand uh, what shows like The Secret Teachings are all about, because I'm just trying to provide you with a different perspective. I'm trying to provide you with information, stuff that fascinates me, the stuff that interests me, and to show you that it doesn't have to be left, it doesn't have to be right, it doesn't even have to be down the middle, it can just be there it can just be and that's what we try to do here on the show right after this short break we'll be right back and we will have a full conversation with andrew cox here on the show don't go anywhere unless you're going to the secret teachings.info or shooting us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. My guest tonight is Andrew Cox. He's in studio, except the studio has been moved from where the studio normally is at my place to his place at Nexus Occult Books here in Tucson, Arizona. If you're passing through or if you live here, I know we have a lot of listeners that live in Tucson or the surrounding area. Come on down to Nexus Occult Books and check them out. If you don't live here and if you're never coming to Arizona or Tucson, you will still, I hope, enjoy what we have to share with you tonight on the show. In fact, Andrew, I was thinking that those commercials that listeners just heard, the one 
which was a subscription promo with SpongeBob. A lot of a lot of listeners still like SpongeBob. I actually had uh, Mike from Aftermath Media. He said that was one of his favorite favorite promotional ads that he's heard in a while. And uh, I'm, I was always a big SpongeBob fan. And I was just thinking during break, speaking of magic and the occult, and then there's some SpongeBob that seems comple- <laughs> completely out of place. But not really, because there's a great episode of SpongeBob. I know you said you, you got, you've got kids, you've yes. watched SpongeBob. Uh, I think it's an alternative episode. I don't even know if it actually aired, uh, but it's where SpongeBob and Patrick go camping with Squidward in the backyard, and there's a sea bear that attacks. And in order to protect themselves, they draw a magic circle. Right. And the sea bear won't penetrate the magic circle. <laughs> you have thoughts on that? Because that's <laughs> yeah. in a kid's show. That's pretty interesting. That's, yeah. So um, it is odd because you do see occult symbolism. You do see these types of things Th- throughout society. Most people, they just don't even they don't recognize it. They don't they don't realize they don't. I mean, I immediately like, ah, magic circle of protection. <laughs> awesome. That's some Kia Solomon stuff. Let's do it. Um, yeah, of course, my kids are right over their head. Uh, but I thought it was I, I, th- I would say it was odd to see it. I, I thought, well, that's that's unique. I mean, whatever. But like if people don't realize how much these little symbols, these occult things are all around us at, at, all the time. And most of the time, people just got their blinders on and they, they just it goes right past them. And again, it's not a negative or no. dark thing. I don't think SpongeBob's an evil TV no. show, right? Of course just- not. It's hysterical. But then again, you have, and we don't need to talk about this in detail, but just another example is if you, a lot of people ask me, what did you think of the Grammys weeks and weeks ago? Mm -hmm. The Sam Smith, Kim Petra performance, whether you like that or not, the fact is they had Sam Smith performing in one of those lit up white magic circles. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I I remember hearing the buzz about it, um, about uh, they they said, I mean, some people were like, oh, it's Luciferian, all this stuff like that. If that's your thing, go for it. It's not my thing. Um, But I thought it was interesting too, just to see that so visually uh, on the screens for the masses, you know, Um, but again, I think most people just went right over their head. They went to the devil horns he had on his head, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it was interesting, Uh, unique symbols and uh, things to choose. Um, I wouldn't have done it, but hey, that's your thing, man. Knock yourself out. (laughs) I've, I've always thought that in the music industry and not necessarily all of Hollywood, but at least in the music industry, and uh, at big events like the Super Bowl, right. this is people spend millions of dollars, companies spend millions of dollars to advertise products, to advertise ideas, political opinions, et For cetera, sure. the networks. So it's a it's a time to use your your company's logo, your product to sell these ideas or to sell these products to hundreds of millions of people that watch and listen. And it would also be a really great opportunity, whether it's the Grammys or it's the Super Bowl or whatever the case is to showcase perhaps there are a few people working behind the scenes that do have an ulterior motive, or at least they understand how the conscious and subconscious and unconscious minds work, just like companies do, you know, they they hire advertisers. And so they incorporate those elements and those symbols. And maybe there's something in us genetically that takes us back to a a previous uh, piece of human history. And we remember these kinds of things, or or it's just natural, it's innate, it's like everything is phallic in nature. You can see phallic in in (laughs) telephone poles, right? So it could be a combination of a lot of different things. And when you see those kinds of things at the Grammys of the Super Bowl, I tend to think that it's not necessarily that it's evil, but there's intentionality behind it because the people that are using those images or those those ideas 
clearly know that they have power right and that they're affecting people on a subconscious level just again like the 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 companies that use logos like starbucks uses melusine right uh, the siren that draws people in to kill them slowly with coffee <laughs> uh and you know i mean any any company target uses the alchemical symbol it's a target but it's right. an alchemical symbol for the sun or for gold Correct. and you find this everywhere i mean magic the occult all these things call it negative call it positive but it's literally everywhere from the super bowl to the the, the local company that you go shop at to buy groceries or whatever the case is i agree it, it really is everywhere and um, for me, I just find it super interesting because, again, most people just don't think, even see it or understand it. And I don't always think there's some like nefarious uh, purpose with some of it. But at the same time, though, the intention uh, I always find interesting uh, because I don't necessarily always understand it, uh, what, what they're going at with it. Um, but I, I, I see it. I see it enough all the time. And it's like, ah, there's that. And that that's what this is. It's unique. I'm wondering why this is happening. Well, it's the same thing with uh, TV shows like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. So I remember someone sat me down and, and said, you should watch this show. This was when it first came out. And I said, okay, maybe I don't really like watching things that become super popular, right? super quick. <laughs> I'm skeptical of that. I've never seen it. <laughs> You've never seen it? Never seen it. Oh, no. that's, 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 that's okay. That's even better. So I, I, I sat down, I watched it and immediately I thought this is, um, this is based on the Montauk project. Right. And they said, what do you mean the Montauk project? They said it was a real government project. You know, it's open to discussion, debate on what exactly happened, but it was a real program uh, reportedly used kids to amplify their psychic abilities and things like that. So they said, that's, I don't, you know, you have all these crazy ideas. And I said, it's not a, it's not a crazy idea arguing with this person. (laughs) It's a real thing and I'll show it to you. And then like three episodes later, when uh, Hopper, the sheriff, for those of you who have watched uh, the show, he goes to the library and you'd remember, hopefully remember the scene where he's looking on the computer, trying to research what the lab is doing in the town of Hawkins. And he actually brings up Montauk and I think it was or MK Ultra and Montauk and mind right. control programs. It's based on real things. And when they wrote the guys that wrote that show, when they pitched it, they were actually going to call it Montauk. Right. And they were going to shoot it in New York, like <laughs> right where Crowley used to do those rituals at, at, at Montauk Point. So exactly. the people that write it, they knew it. They knew it had power. They take it to Hollywood. The military in Hollywood made them change the name. Right. But that influence, you find that behind Stranger Things. You find that behind Harry Potter. You find that behind Lord of the Rings. The things that really grasp the culture are things that are not like new ideas. It's just taking, recycling, and fictionalizing things that are very powerful that you have in a lot of books out here, Andrew. Absolutely, and I completely agree. And that's one of the, again, one of the benefits of my store. What we're trying to do is like, look, if you see Stranger Things, you like that, and that's interesting to you. That's a fictional story. But if you really want to know, if, if you want a nonfiction story that's just as scary, maybe even scarier, uh, come in. I've got like five books on Montauk. Um, it, it's crazy, but it, that's just one example of many that you can find. So if those types of, and that's what interests me. I mean, yeah, I love the X-Files growing up. I get it. It's a fake story. But yeah, I've, I've got 2,000 books in here on aliens alone. I mean, just that type of stuff. There is, if, if it interests you, there is some, some great truth out there that you can easily find. Yeah, and you don't have to go to YouTube to find it. You can right. go to books, and it's harder to change and censor books. But you know, that's all, that's, that's also happening too. So <laughs> no, <anyway>. it is <laughs> Se- separate separate issue. So tonight, Andrew Cox is our guest this evening here on the Secret Teachings. We're back here. Uh, this is the Tarot Room. That's right, the Tarot Room. And I, I love these the atmosphere you've got with the candles and the tapestry. Uh, it's very satanic. <laughs> no, it's nice. Are we that obvious? <laughs> isn't, isn't that kind of weird, Andrew? Like if you have candles and a nice tapestry and you sip some herbal tea and, you know, maybe you water your plants, 
that's just like a, you know, a, a young lady who's enjoying her space. But if you're a guy like us and you have a ghost shirt on or right. a Vlad the Impaler shirt on <laughs> in the same climate, then suddenly you're a Immediately a evil. <laughs> exactly. It's immediately evil. Love it. That's the perception of the occult. And that's, that's just kind True. of a... Kind of a strange, it's strange thing. Yeah. So let, let's talk about like something like a candle or okay. something like a, um, well, even you used the word intention a moment ago. Absolutely. From my understanding of ceremonial magic, I'm not necessarily a practitioner, I'm more of a scholar, right. but I understand willpower and intention to be key cornerstones of ceremonial magic. Um, and I think they're also cornerstones of even if you sit down at the altar in church and you pray, right. I mean, it's directionalizing your will. Correct. What can you tell us about will, will, intention, and magic? Intention is everything. Um, that is the starting and stopping point of magic, of any witchcraft, anything you're doing. Intention is everything. Um, people get a, a little consumed with uh, they're making these big altars or having this huge space or, or the lighting's got to be right and I got to have these sigils and this nonsense candles here and there. And it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it at all. It's all about your intention. Uh, that is where all magic will and the cult and witchcraft, that's where it starts is finding that intention and putting that will out or forward into what you were attempting to do. And that's also the reason why I mean, different practices, different traditions, different cultures, of course. But if you have the wand and you have the sword and right. you have the cup and you have the pentacle, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but these relate to things like that. The sword could be seen as the directionalizing of will. Right. Or like the wand is the directionalizing of will as well. Different like witchcraft. I think in Wiccan see the sword and the wand as interchangeable. Right. But nevertheless, it's like directionalizing the, the fire of the mind or the soul. Uh, the pentacle is the body. It has right. a circle for protection around the body, the five points, consciousness, and the four elements, the four limbs. Uh, and then, of course, the cup is, you could in interpret that and perceive that as a lot of things, but it's, you know, overflowing with consciousness, awareness. That's what those symbols really mean. They're not just like, oh, I have a wand. Look at this, you know, spectro patronus <laughs> exactly. or whatever he says. <laughs> right. They, they are tools to help amplify the intention in the ceremony that you're doing the the true the greatest wand the most powerful wand or sword whatever is your will itself the the sword of the wand is just its focal point within the ceremony itself you are the wand these these are inanimate objects they truly have no power it's the intention and the power you put into them that's what matters and that's that goes also for ouija boards absolutely uh, our friend karen dolman uh is uh I don't know if you have her books, but she's a world-renowned expert on the Ouija board. I believe so. And we, Karen Dolman. Yes. We have, um, we've had her on the show so many times. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, we do shows together and we always joke about how the, how the, I was actually going to bring this up to you, how the, you know, my boards, I have a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. She got, she actually gifted me a really, really old one, a really nice one. And uh, they've never caught on fire. Right. The planchettes have. I've never looked through them and <laughs> seen a demon like right. in the movie. Nonsense. Uh, and I was going to I was going to actually ask you, I was working on a few jokes last night. I was going to ask you if you have fire insurance for this place, because all the evil stuff, it could just erupt <laughs> right any moment. But uh, it's the same thing with a Ouija board. Correct. It's it's just the intention. Absolutely. Of, of the user. A hundred percent. Would you I, go ahead? Oh, I, Ouija boards. I think, look, I mean, owning a Ouija board, 
using a Ouija board uh, doesn't necessarily mean, hey, you're going to get possessed or you're some type of bad person. They actually just recently, I think it was a couple of days ago, I think it was in Columbia, they were a bunch of high school girls were using a Ouija board and they kind of caught mass anxiety, mass hysteria. I think it was 25 to 30 of them had to be taken to the hospital. Um, it's all about you. If you're going to be using a Ouija board and your idea is let's contact some demons, well, you reap what you sow. And also that's something, you know, there have been historical cases of this. If you watch the TV show Evil, they actually reference mm -hmm. uh, dancing epidemics or right. laughter epidemics where it's like a social contagion where one, one, one person starts to do it and then it just kind of explodes. On. Right. Yeah. And this has also been documented. I think it was in Hong Kong. They had virtually no cases of anorexia in Hong Kong. Right. And then they there was a big news story ran on it. And then suddenly all these girls yeah, have yeah, anorexia. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, we call it, you know, a diagnosis thing. You don't we don't have a name for it. So once we name it, then we find people actually have it. But it's a construct. And usually it's just one person says something or there's one news report or there's one story. And then it's like a hysterical reaction. Everybody has anorexia or right. everybody thinks the Ouija board is evil. I mean, a lot of that came from the exorcist. Oh, for sure. That, that was a huge catalyst for the exorcist, uh, the, uh, the Ouija board being this, this tool of evil. The, the, the Ouija board is, is an Oracle. I mean, it, that's what it is. I mean, it, you use it to contact spirits. It, yeah, there are issues with when you are using a Ouija board, you don't necessarily know who's coming through. Um, it, it is not a perfect system, but that's what the occult is. It, it, it's never black and white. It is never cut and dry. Um, that That's why you must always be careful anytime you're getting involved with anything, whether it's Ouija boards, witchcraft, pendulums, even something like that. Don't take it lightly. But it doesn't have to be scary. Just just get educated first. And it's the same thing with, I mean, if you're talking about a pendulum or if you're talking about a Ouija board, a lot of that is perhaps like micro muscular right. movements. Correct. And it all has to do not with the external, but with the internal, with your soul, your spirit, your higher self, call it whatever right. you will. So, and, and, and for example, in Shintoism in Japan, when you pray, the if if, a, if you have read a book about you know by a Shinto priest it's kind of hard to find in the right. in the West but I read this book by a Shinto priest and he said the same thing when you're praying you're not really praying to the kami you're not really not kami's communists but kami <laughs> k a m i you're not really praying to the kami you're praying to your internal self right and that's kind of like the muscular micro muscular movements with the Ouija board or mm -hmm. a pendulum and it could be something working through you perhaps right but. I mean, every every movement we make physically is something working through us. There's something that animates Absolutely. our body. Whether it's whether it's there's some type of energy connection with whatever spirit or deity or whatever you're trying to con um, get in contact with, or you know, I, I know they did a study where they show these like uh, you can't perceive these little micro movements that you're doing. Like you don't know they're doing. You're not doing it intentionally, but they're happening. But you're right. It, 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 is it the body's consciousness directing the response that you are really looking for subconsciously? Or is it that connection you have with whatever you are trying to reach out to helping move using you as that tool to, to get the communication going? And it could be a combination of both. It sure. could be one or the other at different circumstances, of course. I mean, Eliphas, how, how, do you, how would you personally pronounce his last name, by the way? <laughs> Levi? Levi. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> like the jeans or right, something. Exactly. Right, exactly. Okay. That, yeah. I always say Levi, Levy, just whatever, whatever you want. Right. But yeah, Eliphas Levi, we'll call him uh, E.L. So there Eli you go. E.L., Eliphas Levi. He wrote in the, I think it was the history of magic. He wrote about how um, a lot of magical practices, whatever they might be, are just hysteria. And he said something <laughs> to the effect of a lot of people will, uh, in the in the old days, what he wrote in what the late 1800s. Right. In those days or even before his time, a lot of people would 
damage their ocular nerves by staring at their nose until they went, you know, basically blind or right. they messed their eyes up because that would put them into a state of kind of like or like when you dance and kind of throw your body around. Sure. A lot of it, he said, was it basically a scam. Right. Uh, it's just hysteria. But it can have an effect on people where they actually believe that there's something taking control of them or something possessing them. Uh, same thing with, uh, I read, uh, uh, Kurt Seligman's the mirror of magic. I know mm-hmm. you have that book. Yes, absolutely. It's a great, great book. And he talks about in there how the witches Sabbath was a lot of witches that just basically had this, uh, they would put a salve or some kind of ointment thing on their, on their, uh, on bro- the broomstick. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if you want to explain it, you might be able to explain it better than me, but it was a very sexual thing. And then they would hallucinate and they'd pass out and they think they went to meet Satan. That, that, that's exactly what, that, that's exactly what it is. Um, and so, and some things you're going to get that almost placebo effect, if you will, on um, when people are talking about crystals or, or types of incense, is there any real scientific basis to say having these crystals are going to do this for me? Nope. But people like swear by it, but maybe th- that's okay though, because I think that says a lot to about how, our consciousness and subconscious and our energy works within our environment. Um, that there is a real ability that if you do believe something, it can manifest, it can happen. Absolutely. And that it goes back to what you said earlier, Andrew, too. You have that's why you have to be careful. You don't just run into Nexus occult books and say, Give me the darkest grimoire. Right. I'm I'm going for <laughs> and then do it. name the name the demon. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's never a good idea. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You have to be responsible like anything else. Correct. So okay, Ouija boards, uh uh talking about, let's say, an athame, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a sword, a knife, a wand, something to that effect. These are just externalized things that we we use them as symbols to sort of um, to sort of understand and see how the spirit or the soul is working or moving. You could say uh, these things are not necessarily needed. Right. You know, uh, you don't necessarily need them to do the magical work. You can do magical work all in your in oh, your in your head. head. Absolutely. And I think in a way uh, we're kind of preconditioned for this need of ritual. Uh, I grew up uh, in, in a Catholic home. So going to church, uh, you know, re- literally religiously every Sunday, you know, was a thing that that was one of the things that caught me, though, was how ritualized is. You want to talk about candles, robes, reading from the book, the chanting, the bells, the singing. I was going to say you grew up a Catholic. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's almost more, I've seen Catholic homes that have more stuff than your bookstores. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Um, which which is odd. But and I will say this, um, though, I have a um, a Let's say a bone to pick with the Vatican. Um, you know, I have many family members that are Catholic and Christian and who come in here and absolutely love the store. Um, they don't see me as the enemy. They're not sitting there quoting Leviticus 18, 19, Exodus 26 <laughs> nonsense. Um, they they are very, very accepting. Um, I, I think the Vatican has really gone out of their way just to be uh, very difficult, to say the least. Um, I don't agree with the way they're running things. Hey, in my opinion, the Vatican is one of the three horns uh, in the book of Daniel that have to be plucked for the Antichrist to take power. So that's we that's have- a great point. Absolutely. <laughs> and the thing I think really think the thing that irritates me the most is because, yeah, I'm a book nerd and I'm like, I, obviously, I love my books. The Vatican archives, you have the greatest library since Alexandria burned down. And you're hiding it. Why are you hiding it? What are you hiding? Um, that's not their knowledge. That's Knowledge should always be available. Um, and I find that beyond frustrating and nefarious. I don't like what they've done. The, the actual idea of who Jesus Christ was 
uh, versus the, I think the way the church operates and uses uh, the imagery in the pseudo message of Jesus that they've actually put together themselves is just an abomination. I, I don't like it. I'm not okay with them. But hey, if you're a Catholic or Christian, I have no problem with you. And that's that's the same thing. That's how I feel too. I feel also that if you're talking about like say if you break down the main main major religions outside of Buddhism, you have Christianity, Islam, and you have Judaism. Right. And then in Christianity, you have Gnosticism, mm-hmm. which is the mystical sect. Then you have an Islam, Sufis, right. Sufism. And then in Judaism, you have this history of Kabbalah and all yeah. this other stuff, uh, which is also kind of similar. The Kabbalah linked to the Kaaba, which is at Mecca, the holy city for right. the Muslims. A very similar connection there. The black cube of the Teflon worn by the Jews and the, the rock inside the cube at, at Mecca, the holy city. So these major religions are actually kind of one and the same. For sure. They, they all have a religious uh, a mundane religiousness to them, if you will, institutional religiousness. And then they also have a spiritual, a very uh, mystical uh, element to them. Right. And I think they, I mean, I've read large parts of the Quran. I've read, I've read pretty much the entire Bible multiple right. times through. I, I also grew up a Christian, a Baptist, um, and I've studied the Kabbalah extensively. And I find that they're all pretty much when you get rid of the institutional aspects, right. they're really coming from the same place. They're really the ex- it's like the exact same thing, just oh, told, told in different ways. Yes, 100 percent. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the, the irritating structures of this is that there's the idea of spirit, of spirituality, of a oneness with a creator, um, the love and the passion. But but then you put the business side of it in. It's like we need your tithing, and if you don't, you're going to bad things are going to happen. And let's control you. Let's condemn this. Let's uh, the, the hypocrisy. I think is one of the things that just irritates me to no end. But the destruction done by and again, I'm not against organized religion. It's nothing like that. What, what I'm what I'm against is snake oil salesmen um, and this idea of it's all for control. It's all for power. That's not what. It was intended to be. Let me ask you this then, if, because I feel personally, I feel the same way about the, and I joke around with the name of it, but the temple of set or the mm-hmm. temple of hell or church of Satan or whatever right, they right. call themselves. I feel the same way about them. I think they're even more irresponsible with the way that they <laughs> flaunt their symbols. And they don't, I've even seen things. They don't even necessarily use the symbols uh, right. in the right context. It's just kind of throwing it out there because that's what people respond to. You have thoughts on that? Because it's a business. It's definitely yeah, a business. It's a business. And and that's and that's what you do. You got your merch and you've got all your silliness. Um, so and most people don't even understand the difference between uh, Satanism and Luciferianism. So most Satanists overall don't even believe in a devil. They think the idea of a devil is as ridiculous as an idea. It's more like God. atheists. They're just atheists, but they're trolling. You know, like LaVey was like one of the best trolls out there. Before. I mean, I mean, the, if the Internet was around when LaVey was um, uh, around, it would have just been uh, uh, incredible. He, that, that's all it was Millions doing. of followers. Seriously. I mean, be on TikTok. No, 100 percent. Dude, totally. So that, that's all trolling. Um, and then Luciferians are people who do worship Lucifer and or work with a whole pantheon of demons, uh, whether it's the uh, Judeo-Christian demons or, or others, whatever. Um, again, I don't care how you worship, but the, the silliness of this idea that um, these huge institutions are out there to help anybody other than their own pocketbooks is just silly. So then to to clarify that, and this is also how I feel, I think we, we get very we get along so well because we have very similar right. views on this. I feel that based on what you said about Christianity, based on what I've said about Christianity, Islam, Judaism, mm-hmm. et cetera, you don't have an issue with those religions. Not it's, at all. it's the institution. But likewise, because no matter what 
what you say, people are going to hear it. Well, you're, you don't believe what I believe, so you're a devil worshiper. <laughs> but if you go to the the quote unquote devil worshippers, Luciferians, etc., you don't necessarily agree with that institutional thing that's going on there either. No, absolutely. I, that's a hundred and ten percent accurate. That's exactly how I feel. I, I I don't like that. I just it's to me it's just a waste of time. It's it's just it's just taking advantage of people. You know that that's I don't want that, and I, I don't want to be a part of that. I <laughs> I know how. Um, I know how some people think though, this is kind of funny. I kind of psychoanalyze my own audience sometimes, or maybe myself in the process. But I think if, if someone's listening and they hear you say that they're, they're either thinking that you're just too scared to say you're a Satanist or you're too scared to say you're a Christian. Right. <laughs> so if, here, like, look, I'll, I'll go on record. I'll go on record with my belief system, which I, I usually don't like to do. Um, and I'll preface it with this. We've got about 90 seconds, but go ahead. Okay. So having, we, we've shut down our ability to debate maturely and disagree politely. Um, I am not a Satanist. Um, I don't have a problem with Satanists. I am not a Catholic. Um, I believe there is a God, a creator. I believe Jesus Christ was a real person. Um, I'm an occultist, an unapologetic occultist, and I'm really proud of it. That's probably one of the best summaries I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I think I could apply that to myself as well. I've, uh, like I've told you, though, as, a, as an audience, I've been studying Shintoism, and Shintoism really speaks to me. And it's also a, re it's not a religion. It's more like a Buddhism. It's more of a lifestyle right. and it's all internal work. That's just speaking to yourself. And it's kind of like animism. Everything is animated. There's spirit and soul and everything. And, and the idea that God is everywhere. I mean, I find that to be the basis of Christianity, the base, I mean, omnip right. omnipotent, omnipresent, everything. Uh, but otherwise I, I pretty much agree with you with everything that you just said. I grew up a Baptist and um, although I sort of enjoy Shintoism, I'm more of an occultist in the sense that I just, I want to learn, I want Absolutely. to explore and, and we'll see yeah. where it goes. I don't hate anybody. I just want to do my thing, man. That's pretty much it for me too. <laughs> but there is, you know, certainly something to be said about having some kind of a relative or otherwise moral, uh, compass, hundred you know, percent, which is what you said earlier. You don't, don't go indiscriminately kill animals right. and <laughs> yeah, leave people silly. alone, leave animals alone. Yeah, don't bring them into this. Right. Don't bring them into this. I'm Ryan Gable. Andrew Cox is our guest this evening from Occult, Nexus Occult Bookstore here in Tucson. The address really quick. 4865 East Speedway Boulevard. And the website. NexusOccult.com. And thesecretteachings.info. More with Andrew and myself after this. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, the Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. You're listening to the Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from the Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. 
This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the fall of back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Andrew Cox is our guest this evening. From Nexus Occult Books in Tucson, Arizona. I got permission from the network to make sure we could play some ghosts tonight. <laughs> You have to play Ghost, don't yes, you? Yes, please. I love Ghost. <laughs> Such an amazing thing. I've got one of the band shirts on, actually. The band band shirts. Nice. Where the Pope is uh, offering a child up for sacrifice. It's based on a real <laughs> photograph. And it's... <laughs> I love it, man. It's great. Yeah, and you got Vlad the Impaler on over there. Absolutely. So. I love the imagery and I love the history. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand this. Everything we've discussed so far tonight, I've seen Ghost in concert a couple times. Uh, I don't I never interviewed them, never spoken to them, but my impression is that they they mock the Catholic Church, but they also have a very balanced, sort of like what we've discussed tonight, very occult way of looking at things. They take historical events, they make that into their music, and then they use it to kind of teach a lesson. Like, for example, I went to uh, the Knitting Factory in Boise, Idaho to see them, and uh, the main singer asked the audience, he's like, all right, so... Who's ready to go to hell? And everybody, <laughs> that accent he does, and everybody's, right. everybody's like, yeah, 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 hell, hell. And he's like, well, you're all stupid because you don't know where you go after you die. You could go to heaven. You could go to hell. There might be nothing. Right. And they always kind of incorporate that that balanced philosophy, in my experience, into their stuff. Which Absolutely. Is, that's why I like ghosts so much. They're am- exactly. They're amazing at it. They do such an incredible stage show. They're just so impressive. Their songs are 
just great. The lyrical content's amazing. Such a fun band. Very, very. I saw them do. They did a mock communion. Oh, really? Uh, the one I went to in Boise, they brought a nun out with cups of blood and did this. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> it's, it's so good. The one they brought, they brought the old Papa. They brought a, um, uh, they had like a, an e, uh, what, what is it called? Like the little shockers that they use for paramedics. Oh, nice. Yeah, they brought the old pops, the paddles. They brought the papa out and uh, the old papa uh, out and they like shocked him, brought him back to life. And he choked the guy that brought him back to life. It was, that is brilliant. It was so, so funny. That's amazing. But yes, please. That, that's again, that's why I like ghosts, because it's so similar kind of to what we do on the secret teachings. It's hard to find that in occultism where you find balance and it's right. not total and absolute fear or total and absolute, like, I'm going to go summon a demon because I want some gold or something. It's hard to find balance. No, absolutely. And that's something that I I try to tell people um, is that, look, you you can't have it just all one way and not the other. You you must have the light and the dark, the the masculine and the feminine, the good and the bad. Uh, That is the way the universe is. So this idea that you're just going to throw yourself all into the darkness, or on the other hand, just be like, I'm going to completely ignore the darkness as it's not a thing that doesn't work because that's not how the world is. That's not how the universe is. It's you must have walk this fine line of balance between the two. Um, so going hardcore one way or the other, it's just to me kind of wasteful. It's the Eastern yin yang. Correct. It's the Indian, which is also pretty Eastern. Yad yum, I mm-hmm. believe is another name for it. And this is a concept. It's not just in, you know, Taoism in the East. It's not just, uh, you know, it's it's, it's in Christianity and other religions in the West, but Absolutely. it's a universal concept. For it's, sure. it's also in physics. It's, you know, when you plug things into the wall or when I plug this XLR cable and there's a male and female, there's a positive and negative. Right. If I do something wrong, I can get electrocuted. There's, <laughs> exactly. there's a natural balance. Right. There's a things. duality to it. Yes. Um, and that's that's actually imperative that you um, be able to, if you are practicing, whatever, incorporate that, look for that. Um, and I think that's where people kind of get thrown off track so much is when they're going down a path, and this is probably my favorite thing about the occult, and I'm sorry to kind of just space on this one, is that the, for me, there are no rules, okay? The, the occult, the, there is no yes, no. There's there's a, a buttload of you shouldn't, um, but hey, you do, do what thou will. Uh, to the sense of that, the occult, there should be no definition, in my opinion, of your path. I think some people, they'll start going down a path, they'll get lost too quickly, and then they'll immediately retreat. Missing the whole point of, that is the point to get lost. The occult, by its very nature, is hidden. You're supposed to get lost. You're supposed to be confused. But that's what you do. That's where the earned right is, to figuring it out, to doing the research, to applying your craft in the face of failure. Failure is a must. And I get people like, oh, I tried these spells or I tried this uh, this ceremony. It didn't work. It's not supposed to work. It's not supposed to be that easy. Because, again, like I said, if it was that easy, then everybody would do it. How boring it would be. Um, the failure is a necessity to this process that you must embrace fully. And if you don't embrace that failure, then you become a failure. If Correct. you embrace it, you're not a failure. Now you've learned something. Absolutely. Right? That is the process in which we all must go through to be truly successful, really at anything. Like I, if, it, if I'm an expert on anything, it's failure. Oh my God. Have I failed throughout my life? You're an expert on failure. Yes. <laughs> like I've, I've failed at so many things, but I've always looked at it as like, Hey man, at least I tried. You know, and you have so many people right now that are just consumed by fear where they won't try. Even if you take that out of the occult realm, just put it in life realm. You know, um, people are just that, that, that fear of failure just is crippling to so many people. People go out there and fail brilliantly. 
I mean, that's that's the point. At least you can say though that you've tried. Now you know what not to do. Now you know right. what might work next time. And that's how you learn. It's how you build muscle. If you go to the gym, you have resistance. Uh, you know, you run in a swimming pool. Uh, you build resistance, build back muscle. If you had an injury or something, it's just like with, you know, I've written, um, written a lot of books. I've actually written seven books. And the first three books I wrote were more like PDFs that right. I use for the show. I was not a great English student in school. <laughs> grammar was pretty bad. I didn't know how to edit a book or right. do anything like that. Now my new books, I'm sure, I mean, I do everything. So I'm sure you can find some grammatical issues and some misspellings and things like that. But now I know how to publish a book. And it was because I published three other books that are no longer in publication, but they, they were just tests and experiments. And I learned through those monumental failures right. of how to do it the correct way. And then that's again, embracing failure. That's what makes you an expert or at least puts you on the path to be being uh, able to better the craft, whatever that craft is. hundred percent. And that's a powerful thing. Once you realize that that really empowers you as, I mean, it powers me as an individual. Absolutely. There, there is power in failure. I mean, that, that is a learning process. You apply what you have learned from your failure and be okay with it. We've gotten to this hypersensitive part now in our culture, obviously by design, SOPS is doing perfect at that, um, where we're terrified. Everyone's scared of failure to be judged or canceled or, or whatever to make that mistake that is just going to haunt them forever because they said the wrong thing to the wrong person. You know, uh, I personally, I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I, I don't I don't care. I don't go looking for trouble. It is what it is. I just I do me. I, I you know, that's that's my philosophy. I I, I don't I'm not living or doing this to, to please other people. I'm here to help the community, man, because I want to do it, not because I feel compelled to by the societies. And I'll say what I want and I, I won't apologize for it. I'm wondering how you feel also, Andrew, about how it's a very common thing. I'm not saying that the words are bad or negative or wrong, but when people say you should live in a state of love and light, just as a personal opinion, it irritates me on occasion <laughs> because I feel that when people live in total darkness and they try to surround themselves with darkness, sometimes those people are, you know, people like us, we look like right. we're dark, but we're, I mean, I think I'm pretty kind. You're very kind, yes. very, very knowledgeable. <laughs> uh, but it's the idea of this dichotomy of like people that really immerse themselves in darkness because they want that darkness around them and then others that surround themselves by light because they mm -hmm. want that light. But there's all kinds of different forms of light, right? There's candlelight. There's, you know, big white lights at the grocery store, right? Just like Jesus. Jesus is a bringer of light. Correct. But so is Lucifer, Lucifer light bearer, right? Yeah. The light bearer. And so when you say just love and light, let things be, I understand this philosophy. I understand this idea, just like I understand exploring the darkness, the abyss, the subconscious, etc. But I think too much of either back to balance is a really dangerous thing. And especially if you're living in a, in a state of mind where everything is just like, yeah, it's great. Everything's really great. You can be harmed immensely from that. And that's a very, very dangerous thing. Correct. Absolutely. The, you know, yes. Open up your eyes, folks. The world is a dangerous place. 110%. Um, and just skipping through life, like, yeah, I'm happy. Nothing's going to bother me. Look, being, ha having something trouble you being depressed, having those bad days, it's okay. It's normal. Absolutely. And as well, you should have those days because that's part of the evolution, the process uh, of going through life. You know, you're going to have your good days and your bad days. And for me, that's what I love so much about the occult is I get to have a foot in both worlds because I choose to, you know, I, I love the dark stuff. And as much as I loved embracing the, the light stuff, I, I think it's great. I love that duality. I would get bored though, 
if it was all dark all the time or all hearts and rainbows all the time. I mean, nonsense. It's just so boring. But, you know, just like with nature, just like with weather, you can't have quote perfect weather all right. the time and that's relative anyway some people like the snow some people like the sun exactly it, it's things change that's the breath of life that's the breath of nature the breath of the planet the breath of the universe that's the microcosm the macrocosm you know how hurricanes look like galaxies etc <laughs> everything is inside and outside and it's it's everything's connected to everything else that idea that concept is so cliche right it's, it's at the foundation of everything from occultism to christianity to even call it satanism whatever sure. and you have to find that that code or that um, that law in nature uh, in what you do, and then that I think that makes what whatever it is that you do that makes it a lot easier to 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 do it and to perfect it. And we could apply that. This isn't a life lesson tonight, but right. we, you, we <laughs> apply that especially to the occult because yes. it's looked at in so many different ways by so many people as being this dark thing. Even people that are let's call them Satanists or dark dark people, whatever right. you want to call them, also can see occultism in a way that is very similar in my experience to how Christians might see it. Occultism is such a niche thing. Right. And it's something that has to be explored and experienced. And I, I would say if I had to sum it up in one word, it's just, it's exploration. Exactly. And you're just trying to learn and, and there's nothing negative about that. No. And I was going to say almost exact same thing. I seek out the unknown. Okay. I mean, when I, was four years old, I saw Ghostbusters, and in my brain, I was just like, oh, I'm going to do that when I grow up. And for some weird reason, my parents didn't say no. So, like, I just, I've always been obsessed with this. I, I have to know what is hidden for me. Like, I, I, need, I needed to know about the Bigfoot. I needed to know about the aliens and the ghost. And then that, that kind of got me into like learning, being a Catholic, uh, heaven, hell. Okay. What are these demon things? Oh, what is possession? That's interesting. What is exorcism? So like, I, I, I must know for me, it, it is a, uh, an insatiable thirst that I have to know what is being hidden. I, I need to understand it. I, I can ne never have enough of it. That's how I feel. And that's how I know a lot of you as listeners feel. And if you don't feel that way, I'd love to know what your opinion is on everything we've discussed so far tonight. We haven't had someone like Andrew on the show for a while. Our friend Joe Roop, I think, is, for those of you who know Joe Roop, he's very similar to Andrew. We can have these kinds of conversations about the occult. Uh, shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rd, so Romeo Delta, and then Gable, like the actor, Clark Gable, G-A-B-L-E, at yahoo.com, or tstradio at protonmail.com. We have Andrew Cox, the owner of Nexus Occult Books, and oddities. There's also oddities. That's right. There really is. And the, audit, <laughs> the oddities. Okay, here's a real quick thing. A little story about the oddities. So when I was originally going with my stories, it's going to be Nexus of Cold Books. And then my buddy that was the artist that designed our logo, he's like, dude, if it's just Nexus of Cold Books, your, your initials are going to be knob. He's like, do you really want people going around calling knob? I was like, no. He's like, we, we've got to fix it. I'm like, fine, put in oddities. I mean, we do sell oddities. We have wet specimens and, and taxidermies, but it was like, that was like a last minute, like a month before we opened type decision, you know, to add, okay, and oddities, because you're right. I don't want people going around calling my store knob. Yeah, I went down to knob. Yes. Hashtag knob on Twitter. <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's a world of problems. I have a quote here for you, Andrew. I wanted to, to read you. I've actually read this quote probably. At, at least two or three times in the last two weeks uh, with Suzanne Ross and Laura Lavender we had on earlier this week, the German mystic Meister Eckhart. Mm -hmm. I love this quote so much. He said, if you fight your death, you'll feel the demons tearing away at your life. But if you have the right attitude to death, you will be able to see that the devils are really angels setting your spirit free. 
So in the sense that we think devils and angels, this dichotomy between the two, uh, go back to the Greek idea of the daemon, that, right. that thing in, in and of your it, inner guide, comes, you know, in, in and of you, you as a person, it's you. Uh, the, these are things, this idea, these are things that I think are really important to understand because demons are not necessarily there to to harm you. Uh, these are things that rip away the impurities. They right. feed off of that, call it negative energy, sure. whatever, but it feeds off the pollution and feeds off of those types of things. And without those demons, you, you could never, in a spiritual sense, progress to reunite with source. Right. Because source is to absolute ascend. purity. Yeah. What, yes, ascend, call it whatever you want to call it. You need the demons Absolutely. to be able to consume those things so you can pass through the, you know, the Egyptian gates of the underworld or you can pass through and get rid of the the bodily ornaments like the story of Ishtar or uh, Izanagi no Makoto in Japan. You have to let the demons rip those things away and then you can move on. You can move up the tree, whatever it is that you right. want to use as an analogy and reunite with source. I agree completely. That's that's a powerful statement to have. And I, I think he was very correct. I mean, again, it comes back to that duality where the demons and angels, the light and the dark, it, it is a way of life. For me, I do not fear death. I don't wish it. I mean, I don't want to die today, but I, I don't sit around counting down my days, like worry about too much. When, when am, when am I going to die? Like, because I'm on a path right now where I am doing what I truly love. And I'm, I, I don't get me wrong. I know I'm super lucky. Most people will never have that chance to truly be able to follow a path. That is a hundred percent passion. And if they do get an occult bookstore, they probably won't be lucky enough to have the oddities. <laughs> right. Exactly. Seriously. You have no idea what I've had to do to get these things. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that idea. Um, it is a natural course of things, isn't it? I mean, demons are just angels. I mean, that's all they are. And they just got their name changed, but they were born the same from light, you know? Um, sure. If you want to talk in a biblical sense to cast out whatever, but things that were labeled demons, that was anything outside that didn't fit within that good pantheon of Judeo Christian. I mean, lots yes, of things yes. are now labeled demons that aren't demons at all, nor were they ever. Um, I love that. Go find that. You know, there's, there's, uh, <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of different demons or little spirits and things all over the world. And from what I understand, because I've read the Bible, I've read different, you know, different interpretations right. and translations. Pretty sure that when I've read descriptions of angels, they're usually pretty horrific. You Correct. Know, they've got like multiple eyes and oh, wings and arms wheels and wheels. Yeah, all these different faces. They're horrifying. They are not these lovely little cherubim, especially the, the order of the cherubim that is always portrayed as these fat little chubby cute babies. They're terrifying. Look, if you actually read what a cherubim is, it is not a cute baby from Hallmark. It is, it is terrifying. In the same way, I, I agree with what you said earlier. I believe Jesus was a historical figure. I think it was a title, Christ, Christos, like mm -hmm. Krishna, Messiah, the uh, oil derived from the fat of the, the crocodile of the Nile River, which was called the mess that they'd anoint the pharaohs with. But um, I feel that Jesus is probably also not white. He's probably got darker skin. Right. <laughs> we've changed a lot of things, not only Jesus, but we've also changed those cherubim and what angels really are. They're not, you know, it's not like, these shining beans, you know, something from, uh, what was that movie? Um, the vampires with the glitter chest. It's oh, not Twilight. like, yeah, it's not like this super ripped guy with glitter and wings. Right. It's a really terrifying monster. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. I mean, uh, people don't understand. I mean, these are, these are creatures or, or not creatures. That's how probably a harsh word to say beings created at creation. I mean, beyond our scope of understanding of time, um, that we have just changed 
over the time to make it fit into this much more easy to manage model. Um, and again, that's what frustrated me, especially because I went to uh, Catholic schools up until I was kicked out in eighth grade, I believe. Um, yeah. But like you just this, I, I, don't, I say indoctrination, it is what it is. But like I was never allowed to challenge um, our religious teacher, who is also our science teacher, which as I really loved anthropology and archaeology. So like the, even the mention of evolution and that was like, get out of class and always, always in trouble with it. But yeah, I, it's interesting to see how we have just changed things to kind of fit our model of perception. Like this is OK, but let's go out there and do the work, folks. Read some books. I mean, it's, it's not what you think. A lot of things aren't what you think. And when you apply that idea, so tonight, a lot of occultism we've discussed, but you apply that idea to contemporary events or historical events, things that are very political, things that are very cultural. I find a, a similar comparison there, Andrew, because if I think of, I mean, let's use the idea of World War II and Germans and Jews. That history is a lot different than what we've been told right. for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Hitler signed something called the Havara Agreement that created the modern state of Israel with the support of Great Britain, mm -hmm. uh, the Balfour Declaration. Uh, so Hitler actually created the state of Israel and a lot of Jews didn't want to go there because they thought it was going to be a concentration camp, Correct. literally. So that's that's something that a lot that's a historical document you can actually look up. It's in Jewish libraries. All it's over a real the, thing. It's a very yes. real thing. So when you think of that, you know, the international Jewish elite is a real group of people. They actually put ads in newspapers saying boycott German goods right. when they knew that uh, even before Hitler was even elected, they knew that Germany was coming out of uh, the, the Weimar years. Right. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Coming mm -hmm. out of the Weimar years, they were, they were becoming strong and dominant and they knew that there were, I mean, not all of them were Jews, but there were people in control of the German government. They had spread pornography and perversity and actually sex changes and all these things in Germany in the twenties. And the German people were done with it. They elected Hitler and they, they, they changed that. But the, the way that the Jewish people and the way that international groups and the British and others, they portrayed the Germans as these horrific barbarians right. that just look that they said that they would stab babies on bayonets and march into, into battle uh, and they did that in World War One and World War Two, in the same way that uh, real, true anti-Semites would depict Jewish people in these horrific kind of caricatures. Oh, absolutely. We do the same thing today. We do this with Russians. We mock Russians mm -hmm. because we don't like Russia for some reason. Uh, people, you know, whether you think it's funny or not, I mean, people have done blackface or we do that to ourselves. We do Correct. that to other human beings. And we certainly do that to the immaterial that you really can't identify or figure out what it is. So it's much easier to change what an angel or what a devil or what your God or what Jesus looks like. Right. Because you don't really have a photograph. You can't really go visit these people. You can't really go to their country. So it's much easier to distort the occult or the immaterial or the other side, if you would. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it really does, because we, we have a, a cultural history going back forever of dehumanizing the groups we don't like to fit our narrative, to get people on board with what we want to do to move forward, whatever. And the same thing goes in a biblical sense, regardless even of what even religion it is. It's just, it's more apparent from, from my perspective in the Judeo-Christian, because that's that's how I grow up. I mean, that's just what I'm used to, yes. to seeing. Yes. Um, and I, I find it super irritating that any time people, you, you question such a narrative that involves religion or starving on politics, people fall apart. Completely. Even if you say, no, no, here's the, here's the, the facts that, that back up what I'm saying. They don't want to hear it. You know, like when it comes to politics, I'll, I'll say this is that in Washington, DC, people need to wake up. There, there are no Democrats and Republicans. These are the, all people on the same side. 
putting their message in opposition of each other. So we will continue to fight each other as opposed to the real problem, which are these useless, corrupt career politicians on both sides of the aisle. It's a crap show. You know, it's ridiculous. Read something, folks. I mean, this is this is just like, stop. Just stop. Get out of that echo chamber that you're in. I love talking to people who have a different uh, look or view on the world than I do. Not to judge them. Not to say that they're wrong or evil. Just to hear their opinion. And that's okay. We've, we lost this ability to debate respectfully. And I don't understand it. It's beyond frustrating. So two things come to mind. One, debating should be about disagreeing and then offering the best solution, not calling your opponent names or whatever the case is. Uh, And I feel the same way about how people, you know, if we use a political example, people say orange man, the orange man's bad or I Donald Trump's this or that. But it really goes the other way, because when you say, you know, stuff about Joe Biden Mm -hmm. and you say, you know, libtard, it's the exact same thing. Absolutely. So and and you find that in religion as well. Correct. But the second thing is, if you go to Washington, and you see there certainly are a few people here or there that have, in in my opinion, there are some good people that have been in government. Yes. Uh, uh, If you actually go back to the 1860s, I just wrote a book on this called Liberty Shrugged. You'll find all find all you need to know about um, some really good politicians that actually not we need we don't need to get into this but (laughs) white people that actually worked in the republican party to end the institution of slavery which was justified at the time by the democratic party uh, based on race right that's what my new book's about but uh if you go to washington and outside of all the politics most people know washington uh is the district of washington uh, dc is an absolute um let's say an absolute uh it's a i'm not sure what the word would be it is a it's a great place to go if you want to see occult things, everything in D.C. And it's not just the Roman architecture. Right. Uh, it's not just the Masonic Temple there with no. the lions. Everything in D.C. There's actually a great book written on this. I think you sell it. Everything in D.C. is based on, let's say, the Masonic Square and Compass. That right. doesn't mean it's evil. No. But the whole city, I mean, the entirety of the United States of America was architecturally founded not only on ancient Rome, right. but also on these very occult principles. It could be geometry. It could be astrology. It could be a lot of things. But what do you know about that? Because that's something that it's, it's political. It's Washington, right, D.C., right. but it's also very occult. No, and you're 100% correct. So even if you look at like a satellite view of Washington, D.C., and I think a lot of people, will, at least on this radio show, will know what I'm talking about, where you see the streets laid out in that pentagram. You, you've got these obelisks here and there. You know, you do have a lot of Masonic um symbolism all over the city. Um, and you also have, have Egyptian symbolism, Roman architecture, Roman symbolism. It is a cult. It is symbol. It, it, it is. I mean, Dan Brown couldn't have wrote a better, you know, <laughs> intro to like, well, this is Washington, is he? Like, this is perfect. A lot of our founding fathers were Masons, you know, and then you've got this people. I mean, like, look, there is bad people in every organization. I don't care what it's you're talking about. I know a lot of Freemasons. They're like the nicest people on the planet. You know, they're not lizards. They're not trying to take over the world. As far as you know. As far as I know. <laughs> but yeah, are, are there are there some bad people in Freemasonry? Yeah, man. Just like there's bad people in politics. Just like there's bad people in Islam, Judaism, Catholicism, and so on and so forth. Uh, it is what it is. But um, it's insane. If you go out there and look at the architecture and to ex- kind of experience firsthand, especially people like us in this show, to, to see that in the real is just, for me, it's amazing. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the heartbeat of our country. That's where, the, that's where we kind of really started to really form as a country, you know, um, and to, to be able to see all these things, these occult images worked into it, but just people walk by blindly is kind of. And don't, and don't think about no. it. And, 
it's not just Washington DC. No. It's pretty much every major, every major city in the United States has these elements incorporated into them in some, in some way, in some shape, in some capacity. Uh, and of course, if you, if you were to study, let's say the creation of, uh, uh, the seal of the presidency or the seal on the back of the dollar bill. These are not evil things, right. but it incorporates all of this, in, in my opinion, a beautiful uh, symbolism in a way that speaks to the subconscious in a way that uh, really draws on uh, God or really draws on divinity or, you know, that's what our founders wanted. Not that it was a Christian country. No. Most founders were agnostic, Correct. but it was they were drawing like witches draw down the moon into a priestess. And then right. they use that as part of and she embodies the goddess. Our founders, most of them, not all of them, they tried to draw down uh, divinity right. into the creation of the country. I mean, this country was founded on occultism. <laughs> oh, uh, completely, completely. And, and like <laughs> those things are just not taught in school. You know, just a funny story on that. Like, so when my, my son, I think he was in fourth grade, he had to do a paper on a founding father. And me being a history buff, I, I, I immediately chose Benjamin Franklin. And I, I wrote this, I wrote the report for him stating how he was a 33 degree Freemason, a member of the notorious Hellfire Club, you know, fathered two children outside of wedlock. And I get a call from the teacher like, can you please just stick to the facts in the book? I'm like, nope. <laughs> it was great. These are the facts in the book right. that I have. Exactly. I'm like, no, I have the books. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a bunch of books at yes. Nexus Occult Bookstore. What's the website? Where is it at? Real quick. NexusOccult.com is our website. And we are located at 4865 East Speedway Boulevard in Tucson, Arizona. Arizona. Excellent. Andrew Cox, our guest this evening, Nexus Occult Books and Oddities. They have oddities. Yes. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Go to the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. And if you're already a subscriber, renew your subscription or go to aftermath.media to subscribe where the new archive is. Again, more after this. Don't go anywhere. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with the thedavidknightshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have 
have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. Andrew Cox is our guest this evening from Nexus Occult Books and Oddities here in Tucson, Arizona. The song you heard earlier was from the band Ghost Square Hammer. This is Problem Reaction Solution from COG, C-O-G. I did get permission to play some of these tonight. We just mention it. It's a fair use of the song, and it's also a transformative work, as our friend Stephen Cambian says on his show, so he doesn't get sued. We're not looking to get sued. We like COG. We like Ghost. Love to interview somebody from Ghost someday. <laughs> One of the few people I haven't interviewed. Andrew Cox is again on the show. Let's listen to this. Franklin did know about Japan. He's going to mention that. Franklin did know about Japan. We actually froze Japanese assets, put Japanese people in concentration prison camps. There's actually a Japanese prison camp up on Mount Lemmon here in Tucson. That's right. Yeah. Those people have no idea. I just, a friend of mine from Tucson told me about that a couple of months ago. Right. Yeah. Big shout out to uh, Joe over on the West side. And uh, yeah, this is part of our history. That song is so great. I know you had said you never heard never that. Never heard it. I, I dig it, man. It is it is just right on point. <laughs> it's everything. Lusitania, Gulf of Tonkin <laughs> incident, 9-11, Alice has fallen on rabbit holes or something. It's great. It's a good song. So you got to put that in the lineup. Oh, here. absolutely. Every time I come in here, you always have ghosts playing. I, so we, we have like a, <laughs> like a four-hour playlist, basically, that I just put on Spotify of bands that I like. I'm really into like the heavier stuff usually. So I had to have a playlist that wasn't too heavy, but something that I could stomach throughout the day. So yeah, there's a lot of ghosts. There's a lot of typo negative. Uh, of course, Ozzy and Sabbath. Uh, you know, I really, Opeth, like, like from the Damnation album though, but nothing else. Um, so yeah, things like that. <laughs> How about the Crowley song? You like the Crowley song? Of course, of course, of course. Mr. That's Crowley. That is on rotation as well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been on, I don't think I've been in on that rotation. I haven't no. heard that one. <laughs> anyway, we were discussing in the last segment about uh, kind of merging and looking at the occult and what we call politics in the sense of the spiritual or the divine, the things that are unseen, the immaterial, and then the very seeable, the very material, the very tangible things. And just like on this show, we talk a lot about health and food. And I always tell people that if you look at the mystery schools in Greece and Rome, you might think health and food are just kind of a boring thing. You're not really into it. Fine. But in the mystery schools in Greece and Rome and even in Japan and all over the world, in order to be initiated into the mysteries, you had to abstain from sex, abstain from meat, abstain from alcohol. And you had to go into a, a room, cave, etc. 
and you would write your thoughts down or you would meditate. Eventually, you'd be taken into the main temple. They'd give you a hallucinogenic substance, uh, the blue water lily in Egypt or Ur, uh, was it Ergot? Ergot, yeah. What was that? Ergot. Yeah. Ergot, yes. Ergot in, uh, in, uh, in Greece. And then you would go through this transformative spiritual process. You realize there's no, there's no such thing as death, really. Right. It's a transformation. And then you are resurrected and you come out of the temple and you're a son, S-U-N, a soul, spirit, extension of God. You realize that there's no death. You're not afraid. And you've become initiated into the mysteries. So that is something that you have to abstain from those worldly things in those practices in order to be initiated. So health and food really does have a big effect in the occult and vice versa. And the same thing with Washington, D.C. That's just politics. That's where people argue. That's where all the prostitutes and all the money is. But <laughs> it's not just that. I mean, Washington, D.C., as you explained, Andrew, is laid out in a very specific way. Our found, Most of our founders were Masons. That doesn't make right. them evil. They drew on the power of divinity and providence to create this country, the, the concept of it anyway. And uh, there's one interesting thing about D.C. that I learned this maybe five, six years ago. I had Scott Walter on uh, who did the History Channel show. I uh, actually had his wife on too. She wrote a book and we were talking because they went there and they documented this. Very few people know this. The Washington Monument, which is a phallic symbol, very right. phallic, on the 21st of December, so the winter solstice, the, and this this was built in, you know, relatively recent times. This isn't something that's very ancient. Correct. It aligns with the oval park in Washington so that the phallic symbol penetrates the oval. So it's a sexual union based on the way that these monuments are aligned and the shadows that they create. And, and the same thing with um, uh, the World War II memorial. There's uh, connections to like the, the end of World War II, the date that's given. It aligns with like on that date, a shadow penetrates a certain part of the memorial. Right. So this isn't just stuff that's like ancient Rome, ancient Greece, ancient Asia, ancient South and Central America. This isn't just Tiawanako. This isn't right. just the pyramids of Giza. This is stuff that people are, we're still building this kind of thing with these principles today right? in the 21st century. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at archaeoastronomy, um, Stonehenge was, uh, I mean, everyone knows Stonehenge. I mean, if you actually see the model of it created and how the sun flows through it, but this, this, but this didn't happen. I mean, it happened everywhere. I mean, it's really incredible how these cultures who are separated by oceans and time all kind of had that same idea. Um, and I, I feel bad in the sense that we have, as, a, as a people have lost that, that connection to whether it's self universe or each other, uh, it's kind of been pushed out that it has now become a cult, even though it's literally yes. right in front of us all the time. It is. And that's a fascinating thing that when you start to realize that, when you recognize that the occult or whatever you choose to call it is all around you, I feel that it's almost like it's like the presence of, Let's call it the presence of God in a sense, because most of the occult, we're talking about geometry, we're talking about astrology, we're talking about the mechanisms of the heavens, the laws of nature. Uh, that's that's basically science. Observing the world right. is science, it's physics, the way that things are. And the, whether it's in Greek or it's in old Japanese or it's in English, physics and science are always translated as the way things are, the way things move, the way things exist. So by observing those things, I mean, even our mythology is, is scientific. It's trying to understand the natural world. When you see occultism, when you recognize these things, you're really, I think, recognizing the work of the creator or the work of divinity or the work of the grand architect or whatever you choose to call right. it. It's something that is immaterial and you start to see the code in the matrix, if you exactly will. Exactly what it is. That's right. That's those little lines of code in green on, on the screen behind you or in, like in your head even. There's a connection and, and it, it's literally worldwide. And I, I just really wish people would slow down a bit. 
and, and just take a second to kind of look at it, just understand it, that it, we're not so unique in this type of sense of like, this is the way things are right now in our teachings. But if you look throughout human history, the stuff that you're that's being hidden from you, we're all the same. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't, none of that matters where you come from. Look, look we're, we're all humanity and we should embrace that. I, I wish people would just slow down a bit and, and, and cut some of the vitriol and, and, and hate and just like, look, just calm it down. Please, you know, look, let's just talk to each other like normal people for a little bit. That's a big thing for me. And I wish we had more of that again that's what i mean debating is yeah. it's it's debating isn't fighting with each no. other it's trying to find I'll out talk to uh, anybody man yeah. i don't care what they believe even if there's something that i disagree with it doesn't make you wrong and it doesn't make me right okay and i so i can talk to somebody who has a completely different uh, uh, understanding of religion or, or politics than me and not think that they are an evil bad person you just you just think different than i do and that's okay I, i'm totally okay with that i know how some people think though andrew some people think hmm Okay, he's he's okay with all of it. That means he's either brainwashed or he just is. He, he's lost. You've lost your mind. Can't you've gone. Cr- you've gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but no, a little I, bit. Yeah, but that's that's. I, I get educated, folks. Read. You know, t- turn off your TikTok for a bit. Get out of that comfortable bubble, that echo chamber that you're in. I love hunting down and talking to people that that don't agree with me. And just just to hear their point of view. I mean, I don't have to agree with it, but I don't have to hate them for it. You know, just talk to me, have a discussion with me. Real quick, the best example I can give you is my best friend. We differ 110% on religion and politics. Just differing on one of those things is enough for most people to like just head for the hills. I can't be, we can't be friends, nothing like that. No, but where we come together is we like the same music, food, movies. We have the both same horribly immature sense of humor, and we can still talk about religion and politics like normal people. But it's not as, it doesn't factor into our emotion. And I think it would be great if people could kind of come back to some type of civility and stop feeding into this machine, this nonsense that that they are, are trying to architect for us. I don't like it. I think that is really the ego. Yeah. And in occultism or in spiritual occult esoteric type practices, the mystery schools, you name it. The whole point was really to overcome the ego. Correct. Right. Hundred percent. You must, and that is another thing I tell people is that being broken of your ego is one of the most important things to move forward. It's under. It's taking away that yo, I'm the great powerful wizard nonsense. Take go away with that. Break break that ego. The ego must be broken. That is part of the, the part of the process to go forward in any type of practice correctly. It's not possible really to go forward unless you break the ego. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are a cog in that machine. It's knock it off. I mean, become one with the path. Do not become above it. And that is what they call the way in virtually every. Even if you watch the Mandalorian, they if you <laughs> right? watch that, they yes. say that this is the way. This is the way. Uh, they call this. Uh, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. light, or the life, light, life. Uh, in Japan, uh, the way of Isa is the way of uh, Amaterasu, the right. way of the sun, the way of uh, morality, Shintoism. Uh, in Egypt and in Greece, in the mystery schools, it was the way of following the path uh, to enlightenment, which included what I said earlier about the rituals of the abstaining from meat and mm-hmm. sex and going into the temple and you'd be dead for three days and resurrected. Right. Uh, Lazarus come forth. Jesus resurrected Lazarus mm-hmm. from That's the dead. Great. It's a living resurrection. Uh, and they call it the way. That, again, is the idea that there certainly is a universal golden thread between cultures all over the world and religions all over the world, where they talk about doing things in a certain way, not as a cultural or social or political thing, although it can be that, but doing things in a way that's very spiritual and doing things in a way that, like we're talking about with the ego, 
in order to advance spiritually and and become uh, more than just the mundane self, you have to eliminate the ego. That's part of the way, the path. Uh, you know, you follow in the, what Christians have all these great names, <laughs> follow in the path of Christ, right? right? Walk in Jesus's footsteps, open your heart and let Jesus in, right. uh, born again, Christian, yeah. all these, all these kinds of ideas, but all those ideas are so esoteric and right. that they have this much, much deeper meaning. Correct. I agree completely. And it's also the same thing with, um, uh, Al, you know, Alan Watts mm-hmm. and Alan Watts talked about the second coming of Christ is not a physical thing that happens. Right. Second coming of Christ is basically being reborn again or being born again, being reborn. It's the idea of awakening consciously Correct. to the things around you. That's the second coming of Christ. Absolutely. And I agree with that. And I think I would like to say, I think in some parts it's coming. I mean, I see us getting busier as a store and people really, I think are starting at least from where I'm sitting, which is a very different view than I think what most people are sitting from. Um, I see that, that this we we're getting more people that want to know more, you know, and I think that's where I'm really hoping that that's the shift that we're coming to because it needs to happen because for us to be, if, if we want to give them control, the best way to do it, the, the dogma of war is divide and conquer the divide part of right now is really thick. Um, and I think if we can all take a step back and slow down a bit and realize we're all not that different, we have different ideas, but we're, we're, we're all consciousness. We're all human. We're all the same thing. So st- stop with your nonsense, please. <laughs> <laughs> we need different ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone just, so I've got, you know, some nice microphones here. I just bought this Shure SM7B a few months ago and the microphone you're using is an RE20 that I've had a friend who gave me about eight years ago. And if someone had invented the microphone and it just, it was a dogma, it was a doctrine and nobody ever could correct it or change it because it was perfect the way that it was originally, right? then we wouldn't have these nice microphones. Correct. You have to just same thing with laptops or your car or any kind it's of technology. Man. Yeah, it has to evolve. It has to progress. If you just stay stagnant, right? Then you know nothing good's going to come of that. Exactly. Work together and evolve, folks. <laughs> and just let me apply the idea of technology to yourself. If you just remain the same egotistic self that you've always been, mm-hmm. then you certainly cannot progress to anything more than that. Absolutely. Like the way I saw the world when I was 10, 18, 25, 32, 38 has completely changed. You know, I mean, and and that's okay. Hey, guess what, everybody? I've been wrong tons of times, like where I thought 100% sure I knew what I was talking about. No, no, 100% wrong. Um, But like, I'm proud of that. I'm okay with it. I I can admit that, hey, I was wrong. And that's okay. And it's okay if sometimes you guys are wrong. It it happens. But learn from it and just move forward. Please, if you go back and listen to some of our older shows, they're in the archive at thesecretteachings.info or uh, it's being transferred to aftermath.media by the kind work of Mike from Aftermath. The old shows that I did, uh, I mean, I didn't really have beliefs per se, but I would talk about things and I would get a lot of things wrong. And I'm still wrong today. And my voice was more like this back then and it didn't (laughs) sound really good. And now it sounds a lot better because I've done literally tens of thousands of hours of this and I've sort of not perfected, but I've gotten better at what I do. Uh, you know, this is a lot harder than it looks just like, you know, your job running a bookstore. I don't think I could talk to people like you do all day. Right. Uh, that's something you're really good at. And the, the, we find the things again, this is not a self-help show, but you find the things that you're really good at. You try to perfect them. You try to do better. I mean, there's a reason you feel like a bum or you feel lazy. You feel like something's wrong or you, you devolve into just destroying yourself when you don't have purpose. You need purpose and you need to advance. That's not the physical self. That's the spiritual self. That's the animating force. Absolutely. I mean, I think too, a big part of that is self-responsibility. 
take responsibility for yourself. It's so easy to judge and point a finger at other people for your problems and your mistake and to always come up with an excuse of why you cannot succeed or move forward. Knock it off. You are responsible for you. Yeah, there's going to be bumps and roads and obstacles. That's literally everybody. You're not special in that sense that you're having a rough time. Put your pants. It's how you handle it. Exactly. How do you handle it? Take that responsibility. It's up to you to fix you and move forward. And it's the same thing with occultism. It's you're not a bad person because you have a Ouija board or because you buy a grimoire. What makes you a quote bad person is if you buy the board or if you buy the (laughs) the the grimoire because your intention is to, as so many books elegantly put it at a lot of bookstores that I've seen. uh, I even bought one of them one time just to have a copy of it. We're going to use magic and occultism and stuff to hex Donald Trump or to hex the patriarchy. I'm sure there's people that want to do it to hex Joe Biden or Mm -hmm. to hex a political party. I don't like men, so I'm going to hex men with it. That is just absolutely asinine. And that is that is black magic. That is dark stuff. Correct. And And no good will come of it. No good will come of that. Nope. Absolutely not. So when you, when you put that horrible negativity out there, even if you think like, oh, I'm doing it for my good purpose, point of view, nonsense, that's not how that's not how it works at all. So when, when you go out there and you use especially ceremonial magic to create a, a negative entity, a negative feeling, you're putting out a negative line into the universe that is attached to you. Um, that's all you're going to get. And it, it, don't ever do that. It's a misguided pseudo-intellectual, pseudo-spiritual virtue signaling when you do that kind of thing with magic. It's not real. And I think it's the same thing with, uh, I'm not saying that having some crystals is bad or having, like, visibly your store has all these great, you know, images in it. My my studio uh, back at home also has all that. But some people do it because they want others to see, like, look at how good I am, you know. (laughs) Right. Look look at how Christian I am. Look at how uh, witchy I am or how new age I am. I don't think that's necessarily going to, cause you to suffer some cataclysmic event in your life and you're going to die or demons are going to come get you in the middle of the night. But do you have to do things in a humbling way? You can't brag about, Hey, check out my altar and look how great these things are. This is, this is what gives me my power. And just like you become delusional. Yeah. For me, um, for me, I just call it cosplaying. You're cosplaying being a witch or a magician. And that's silly because if your idea is to put on this facade of look at how great I, that's completely against the point. It's not up. It's it's no one else's business. What you're doing when it comes to your practice, your practice is for you. It is, it is not a, a show for someone else. If that's all you're doing it for is to, try to get clicks or views or whatever people are doing these you're doing it wrong that is not the intention of it i have two quotes i want to read you and then we'll go to you for the final 10 minutes we'll mention the store again all the information and i want to get some of uh, your opinions on some of the best books better places to start for people that are beginning some more advanced stuff what what you think and for those of you who hopefully have hopefully everybody has enjoyed the show tonight tomorrow night we will have a part two of this show we're going to have another remote broadcast from Nexus Occult Books. It's just too good. Right. It's just too good. It's how amazing I am. <laughs> I really appreciate you. <laughs> really appreciate you having having me into the, uh, well, the tarot room. I'm to, happy to, to have do you this. here. So uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name. It's how I start my book, Occult Arcana. It's Epa, is it Epictetus? A golden a golden saying of Epictetus. Sure. We'll go with that. We'll Epictetus. go with that one. That sounds good. Uh, e, let's call me <laughs> A golden saying of Epictetus, it's a CLXXV if you want the Roman numerals. But this is, he was a Greek philosopher. Okay. This is how I start my book. I have two quotes. This is one from him. It says, never call yourself a philosopher, nor talk much among the unlearned about principles, but do that which follows from them. 
Thus, at a banquet, do not discuss how people ought to eat, but eat as you ought. Remember that Socrates thus entirely avoided ostination. Men would come to him desiring to be recommended to philosophers, and he would conduct them thither himself. So well did he bear being overlooked. Accordingly, if any talk concerning principles should arise among the unlearned, be you for the most part silent. He goes on to just describe that you shouldn't brag right. about what you study or what you learn and, and try to imply to people that you're some great magician or whatever the case is. In, this, in his case, philosophy. Uh, and then I also have this quote from Moto Hisa Yamakage. He's a um, Shinto priest. And he said, it is not good if people become attached to the experiences in the other worlds or seek this kind of experience too much. This annuls the whole purpose of the exercise because it introduces a new attachment which can arouse negative feelings of arrogance and pride. You should neither boast of yourself by talking about your own experience nor discuss whose experience is inferior or superior. And I start my book with those those two quotes. I'm sure I could find plenty more <laughs> because my book is what the show has been tonight. I want people to explore and want people to learn, but it's not about arrogance. It's not about knowing more than other people. I have misspellings in this book. Right. I have things that I've corrected. It's just about the ex exploration. It's just about exploring the unknown, the unseen, et cetera. And that is uh, occultism. So I wanted to share that, but I want to pass the, the mic, if you will, to Andrew. And I want you to tell us uh, your opinions, maybe on that, uh, more about the bookstore and a uh, little bit about how people could uh, reach out to you or how they could get here. Got it. Thank you. Um, so just on the quotes alone, I think it came right back to our sense of ego. Uh, I, I think both of those quotes right there are like, look, kill that ego, man. If you do anything and, and it's just to say, like, look how great I am. Look how scary I am. All, all this, the silliness again, it comes back to it doesn't matter whether your religion is, you know, it's not like, look how much money I just donated. Look at my philanthropy. Stop that. Take take that ego out of out of it. If all you're doing is doing something for for <laughs> points, basically, uh, then you're doing it wrong. Um, so, yeah, be better that kill that ego, man. Be you. But be you for you, not not for everyone else, though. I mean, that's just silly. And and one last thing before I let you have the floor here in terms of killing the ego. Maybe we can start the next show with sure. this. That concept, because the ego is a part of you, mind, body, spirit. You know, you you have this concept, this trinity and, and all of these ideas and everything in nature. The, the ego is a part of you, like subconscious, unconscious and conscious. And when you kill it, you're killing a part of yourself. And that is what it means, I believe, to have a animal the animal self very egotistic or the human's uh, sacrifice when you're sacrificing a human i'm not going and slitting somebody's throat right. i am killing my ego you took the words right out of my mouth man that's exactly what that is and like you were talking earlier with the greeks where they abstain from things these are sacrifices you know that that that, that is that is something that you are taking out of you something that you are giving up that that is part of sacrifice and when it comes to the ego when killing the human that's really you hit the nail on the head that is the biggest part of it that being humble in your approach you know that that ability to take a step back and realize it's not all about you that it is part of the process that that animalistic drive of us to beat our chest and see how big and bad we are that that is what's holding you back I mean, that, that's where it comes back to caring too much what everybody else is thinking. You know, like, look, look, look how powerful I am. Look, look how good I am. Even when you think you're doing it from this great uh, angle of peace and wonderful prosperity nonsense. You know, stop it. it. Bring it all back down to that ego. Kill it. It's not about you. It's about just 
the energy, the, the universe is take it back a bit. You know that I love that. Absolutely. And if you want to kill the ego, you could pray, you could meditate, you could buy some oddities, but you probably just need a, <laughs> need a couple of really good books. What are some really great books, whether you have them in stock or you're getting them in stock where you can just recommend them uh, to both beginners, maybe moderates, and then people that are more advanced. Excellent question. And one of my favorites. So my, my all time favorite book ever written was Manly P Manly P Hall's secret teachings of all ages. Get that book. It is a tome and a half. It's thick. It gives you, I have ADHD. So like it doesn't focus like on just one subject throughout the whole book. They, they literally, he literally goes through everything from Rosicrucians, Freemasonry, alchemy, Egyptology symbols. I mean, religion, philosophy, just anything and everything that is a cult is in that book. And the most astonishing part uh, to me about that is that, it published when he was 24. I mean, at 24, I was an idiot. I mean, just like doing nothing with my life. <laughs> so like, I'm just like, it's so amazing. It's just, it's, and it's just such a great tone, man. I absolutely love it. I have a beautiful diamond Jubilee uh, copy. That's just massive in the office that I will never sell. And I want to be buried with it to be a jerk. I would like to be buried with it. <laughs> maybe we'll split it. <laughs> and, and maybe you've never heard of the secret teachings before this radio show, but it is of course named after that book. Absolutely. I mean, why not? It's, uh, like I said, I, if I, if I had like a desert Island pick of three books, that would be like number one. Absolutely. For sure. It, it's just, it never gets old. You can read it a hundred times and learn something new every time. Um, I would say a good beginner's book for like ceremonial magic. Actually it's kind of a newer book and it's called um, high magic by Damien Eccles. Um, so Damien Eccles was part of that West Memphis three uh, wrongly accused of like an occult murder. Um, the, his writing though, this is somebody who didn't have a lot of education who educated himself throughout uh, his time in prison. And so I really liked his approach to writing where it wasn't very academical because uh, some of the texts that I get, um, they're great and all, but oh man, they are like a snooze fest. I mean, it's just, it's just this overload of just too many hard words to pronounce. Damien takes it down and <laughs> makes it super easy to understand. And he actually has three books. Uh, but his book on high magic was a really actually fun read and wasn't too crazy. You know, it, it, it wasn't anything too heavy. It was great. It's a great starting point. So that's a starting point. And then the secret teachings of all ages. I would even say for some people that could be a starting point. That's one of the first books oh, I, yeah. I actually read. And I read it three times. Yeah. And every time it's like a new a new level or a new course of understanding. For sure. That that book is like one of those kind of energy books that would just keep growing on you. Um, I absolutely love it. My uh, probably second favorite book of all time is The Infernal Dictionary, my Colin DePlancey. He wrote that like 1862 and I had this beautiful double uh, volume edition leather bound. It is just absolutely incre incredible. It's like it's this compendium of everything and anything that has ever gone bump in the night anywhere ever. It's beautiful. too. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's such an incredible. It has all these old like woodcuts in it. And the edition that we have was done by um, Abraxas Publishing and um, they actually commissioned a lot of artwork for it specifically so it's just one of the like it's it's kind of expensive i think it's around like 200 bucks but y'all it's worth every penny it is it is absolutely amazing um so that's my favorite but honestly my third like top book of all time desert island pick would be the calvin and hobbs compendium from bill washington <laughs> like the, like the three like the three book that's hard covers like yeah because i love calvin and hobbs and you can't be a cult all the time you you, know? you, you would have a library in just those books the, the couple that you mentioned if you were on a desert island that's all that you need for right. all time exactly really if i had think. those three i'd be good 
Totally. Like, no problems. I definitely do. do the Secret Teachings of All Ages would definitely be the first book. I have to really, no one's really asked me that for a long time. So not that you're asking, but <laughs> I'd, I'd have to really think about what the other uh, books would be. But th- that's definitely the, the main one Absolutely. that I would take. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, the radio show. Andrew Cox is our guest this evening. You're coming back tomorrow. Absolutely. Or I'm coming back tomorrow. Well, I love it, man. I, I appreciate you letting me be here. This has been fun. Uh, I, I really look forward to doing this again. We have not lit on fire. He does not have devil horns. Uh, we have uh, a little ref- reflective kind of a glass there behind you. I've seen no demons walk by. <laughs> it's really great energy in here. If you're in Tucson or if you're in Phoenix or if you're in the area, you're traveling, you're planning to come here. People reach out to me all the time. Hey, I'm coming to Tucson. Can you come and have lunch or something? Stop by Nexus Occult Books, and it is the address. Is it 4865 East Speedway? That is correct. All right. And it's a really fun place. You can come talk with with Andrew and I, I guess tell them uh, Ryan sent you, but you're here. So you sent them to here to speak to speak to you. So exactly. A- Andrew, yes. Tell them Andrew sent you <laughs> this. Tell them Andrew sent you. Yeah. Tell them Andrew <laughs> sent you. Uh, I promise you will not burst into flames. So we'll be back here tomorrow. Part two. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the occult or into the esoteric, whatever you choose to call it. Again, this is the secret teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. The secret teachings is our website. Please, if you haven't already renewed your subscription, renew it. And also check out Aftermath.media. That's where all the new subscriptions are going to be. And, of course, my books on the website. Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, Food Philosophy, and Liberty Shrugged. You buy a book, you subscribe, you keep us on air Monday through Friday. And last but not least, our Contact of the Desert fundraiser. Thank you so much for supporting us. We pretty much hit the goal. Just a little teeny tiny bit more. You can... Donate through PayPal or Cash App. It is money sign RD Gable or RD Gable at Yahoo.com, the email that you can normally email. That's for PayPal as well. The Swamp of Feces. That is the world. Depth of Satan's eyes. This is Ghost. I'm Ryan Gable. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I know these songs so well. I feel like I could sing along with most of them. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't want. Me, nobody wants me to sing along. <laughs> the swamp of feces—that is the world. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. And come back tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it.